Runo twenty four of Kalevala, the Land of the Heroes, by Elias Lunrote. Translated by William Forsell Kirby, eighteen forty four to nineteen twelve. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Recording by Expatriate in Bangor, Maine. Runo twenty four. The Departure of the Bride and Bridegroom. Argument. The bridegroom is instructed how he should behave towards his bride, and is cautioned not to treat her badly. An old beggar relates how he once brought his wife to reason. The bride remembers with tears that she is now quitting her dear birthplace for the rest of her life, and says farewell to all. Ilmariden lifts his bride into the sledge, and reaches his home on the evening of the third day. Now the girl had well been lectured, and the bride had been instructed. Let me now address my brother. Let me lecture now the bridegroom. Bridegroom, dearest of my brothers, thou the best of all my brothers, dearest of my mother's children, gentlest of my father's children. Listen now to what I tell thee, what I speak, and what I tell thee, of thy linnet who awaits thee, and the dove that thou hast captured. Bridegroom, bless thy happy fortune, for the fair one granted to thee. When thou praisest, praise thou loudly. Loudly praise the good that's granted. Loudly praise thou thy creator, for the gracious gift he granted, and her father praise thou also. Even more her mother praise thou, they who reared their lovely daughter to the charming bride beside thee. Stainless sits the maid beside thee, maiden bright to thee united pledged to thee in all her beauty fair one under thy protection charming girl upon thy bosom at thy side so sweetly blushing girl with strength to help in threshing or to help thee in the hayfield skilful too to do the washing quick to bleach the clothes to whiteness skilful too the thread in spinning rapid too the cloth when weaving and I hear her loom resounding, as upon the hill the cuckoo, and I see her shuttle darting, as the ermine through a thicket, and the reel she twists as quickly as the squirrel's mouth a fir cone. Never sound has slept the village, nor the country people slumbered, for her loom's incessant clatter and the whizzing of the shuttle. Oh, thou loved and youthful bridegroom, handsomest of all the people forge thou now a scythe of sharpness fix the best of handles on it carve it sitting in the doorway hammer it upon a tree stump when there comes the time of sunshine take thy young wife to the meadow look thou where the grass is rustling and the harder grass is crackling and the reeds are gently murmuring and the sorrel gently rustling also note where stand the hillocks and the shoots from stumps arising when another day is dawning let her have a weaver's shuttle and a batten that shall suit it and a loom of best construction and a treadle of the finest make the weaver's chair all ready for the damsel fix the treadle lay her hand upon the batten soon the shuttles shall be singing and the treadles shall be thumping till the rattling fills the village and the noise is heard beyond it, and the crones will all perceive it, 
and the village women question who is this we hear a weaving and you thus must make them answer tis my own my darling weaving tis my loved one makes the clatter shall she loosen now the fabric and the shuttle cease from throwing let her not the fabric loosen nor the shuttle cease from throwing thus may weave the moon's fair daughters thus may spin the sun's fair daughters even thus the great bear's daughters of the lovely stars the daughters o thou loved and youthful bridegroom handsomest of all the people set thou forth upon thy journey hasten to commence thy journey bear away thy youthful maiden bear away thy dove so lovely from thy finch depart thou never nor desert thy darling linnet in the ditches do not drive her nor against the hedge stakes drive her nor upset her on the tree stumps nor in stony places cast her in her father's house she never in her dearest mother's homestead in the ditches has been driven nor against the hedge stakes driven nor upset upon the tree stumps nor upset in stony places o oh, thou loved and youthful bridegroom handsomest of all the people never mayst thou send the damsel never mayst thou push the fair one in the corner there to loiter or to rummage in the corner in her father's house she never never in her mother's household went to loiter in the corner or to rummage in the corner always sat she at the window in the room she sat and rocked her as her father's joy at evening and her mother's love at morning never mayst thou luckless husband never mayst thou lead thy dovekin where with arum roots the mortar stands the rind to pound from off them or her bread from straw prepare her neither from the shoots of fir trees in her father's house she never in her tender mother's household needed thus to use the mortar pounding thus the rind from marsh roots nor from straw her bread prepare her neither from the shoots of fir trees mayst thou always lead this dovekin to a slope with corn abundant or to help her from the rye bins from the barley bins to gather whence large loaves of bread to bake her and the best of ale to brew her loaves of wheaten bread to bake her kneaded dough for cakes prepare her bridegroom dearest of my brothers never mayst thou make this dovekin nor mayst cause our tender gosling down to sit and weep in sadness if there comes an hour of evil and the damsel should be dreary yoke thou in the sledge the chestnut or the white horse do thou harness drive her to her father's dwelling to her mother's home familiar never mayst thou treat this dovekin never may this darling linnet ever be like slave-girl treated neither like a hired servant neither be forbid the cellar nor the storehouse closed against her never in her father's dwelling in her tender mother's household was she treated like a slave-girl neither like a hired servant neither was forbid the cellar nor the storehouse closed against her always did she cut the wheat bread and the hen's eggs also looked to and she looked to all the milk tubs looked within the ale casks likewise in the morn the storehouse opened 
locked it also in the evening o oh, thou loved and youthful bridegroom handsomest of all the people if thou treatest well the damsel thou wilt meet a good reception when thou seek'st her father's dwelling visiting her much-loved mother thou thyself wilt well be feasted food and drink be set before thee and thy horse will be unharnessed and be led into the stable drink and fodder set before him and a bowl of oats provided never surely may our damsel may our well-beloved linnet be in hissing tones upbraided that from no high race she springeth for in very truth our damsel comes of great and famous lineage if of beans you sow a measure one bean each it yields her kinsfolk if of flax you sow a measure but a thread it yields to each one never mayst thou luckless husband badly treat this beauteous damsel nor chastise her with the slave whip weeping neath the thongs of leather neath the five-lashed whip lamenting out beyond the barn lamenting never was the maid aforetime never in her father's dwelling with the slave whip e'er corrected weeping neath the thongs of leather neath the five-lashed whip lamenting out beyond the barn lamenting stand thou like a wall before her stand before her like a doorpost do not let thy mother beat her do not let thy father scold her do not let the guests abuse her do not let the neighbours blame her drive the mob away with whipping beat thou other people only do thou not oppress thy darling nor chastise thy heart's beloved whom for three long years thou waitest she whom thou alone hast longed for bridegroom give thy bride instruction and do thou instruct thy apple in the bed do thou instruct her and behind the door advise her for a whole year thus instruct her thus by word of mouth advise her with thine eyes the next year teach her and the third year teach by stamping if to this she pays no heeding nor concerns herself about it choose a reed where reeds are growing from the heath fetch thou some horse-tail and with these correct the damsel in the fourth year thus correct her with the stalks then whip her lightly with the rough edge of the sedges but with whiplash do not strike her neither with a rod correct her if to this she pays no heeding nor concerns herself about it bring a switch from out the thicket in the dell select a birch rod underneath thy fur cloak hide it that the neighbours may not know it let the damsel only see it threaten her but do not touch her if to this she pays no heeding nor concerns herself about it with the switch correct the damsel with the birch rod do thou teach her but within the room four-cornered or within the hut moss-covered do not beat her in the meadow do not whip her in the cornfield lest the noise should reach the village and to other homes the quarrel neighbours wives should hear the crying and the uproar in the forest always strike her on the shoulders on her soft cheeks do thou strike her on her eyes forbear to strike her on her ears forbear to touch her lumps would rise upon her temples and her eyes with blue be bordered 
and the brother-in-law would question and the father-in-law perceive it and the village ploughmen see it and would laugh the village women has she been among the spear thrusts has she marched into a battle or the mouth of wolf attacked her or the forest bear has mauled her or was perhaps the wolf her husband was the bear perchance her consort by the stove there lay an old man by the hearth there sat a beggar from the stove there spoke the old man from the hearth there spoke the beggar never mayst thou luckless husband listen to thy wife's opinion tongue of lark and whim of women like myself a youth unhappy for both bread and meat i bought her bought her butter ale i bought her every sort of fish i bought her bought her all sorts of provisions home-brewed ale the best i bought her likewise wheat from foreign countries but she let it not content her nor did it improve her temper for one day the room she entered and she grasped my hair and tore it and her face was quite distorted and her eyes were wildly rolling always scolding in her fury to her heart's contentment scolding heaping foul abuse upon me roaring at me as a sluggard but i knew another method knew another way to tame her so i peeled myself a birch shoot when she came and called me birdie but when juniper i gathered then she stooped and called me darling when i lifted rods of willow on my neck she fell embracing now the hapless girl was sighing sighing much and sobbing sadly presently she broke out weeping and she spoke the words which follow soon most now depart the others and the time is fast approaching but my own departure's nearer swiftly comes my time for parting mournful is indeed my going sad the hour of my departure from this far-renowned village and this ever-charming homestead where my face was ever joyful and i grew to perfect stature all the days that i was growing while my childhood's years were passing until now i never pondered nor believed in all my lifetime never thought on my departure realized my separation from the precincts of this castle from the hill where it is builded now i feel i am departing and i know that i am going empty are the parting goblets and the ale of parting finished and the sledges all are waiting front to fields and back to homestead with one side towards the stables and the other to the cowhouse whence comes now my separation whence my sadness at departure how my mother's milk repay her or the goodness of my father or my brother's love repay him or my sister's fond affection thanks to thee my dearest father for my former life so joyful for the food of days passed over for the best of all the dainties thanks to thee my dearest mother for my childhood's cradle rocking for thy tending of the infant whom thou at thy breast hast nurtured also thanks my dearest brother dearest brother dearest sister happiness to all the household all companions of my childhood those with whom i lived and sported and who grew from childhood with me may thou not o noble father may thou not o tender mother 
or my other noble kindred or my race the most illustrious ever fall into affliction or oppressed by grievous trouble that i thus desert my country that i wander to a distance shines the sun of the creator beams the moon of the creator and the stars of heaven are shining and the great bear is extended ever in the distant heavens evermore in other regions not alone at father's homestead in the home where passed my childhood truly must i now be parted from the home i loved so dearly from my father's holes be carried from among my mother's cellars leave the swamps and fields behind me leave behind me all the meadows leave behind the sparkling waters leave the sandy shore behind me where the village women bathe them and the shepherd boys are splashing i must leave the quaking marshes and the wide extending lowlands and the peaceful alder thickets and the tramping through the heather and the strolling past the hedgerows and the loitering on the pathways and my dancing through the farmyards and my standing by the house walls and the cleaning of the planking and the scrubbing of the flooring leave the fields where leap the reindeer and the woods where run the lynxes and the wastes where flock the wild geese and the woods where birds are perching now indeed i am departing all the rest i leave behind me in the folds of nights of autumn on the thin ice of the springtime on the ice i leave no traces on the slippery ice no footprints from my dress no thread upon it nor in snow my skirt's impression if i should return in future and again my home revisit mother hears my voice no longer nor my father heeds my weeping though i'm sobbing in the corner or above their heads am speaking for the young grass springs already and the juniper is sprouting or the sweet face of my mother and the cheeks of her who bore me if i should return in future to the wide extended homestead i shall be no more remembered only by two little objects at the lowest hedge are hedge bands at the furthest field are hedge stakes these i fixed when i was little as a girl with twigs i bound them but my mother's barren heifer unto which i carried water and which as a calf i tended she will low to greet my coming from the dunghill of the farmyard or the wintry fields around it she will know me when returning as the daughter of the household then my father's splendid stallion which i fed when i was little which as girl i often foddered he will neigh to greet my coming from the dunghill of the farmyard or the wintry fields around it he will know me when returning as the daughter of the household then the dog my brother's favourite which as child i fed so often which i trained when in my girlhood he will bark to greet my coming from the dunghill of the farmyard or the wintry fields around it he will know me when returning as the daughter of the household but the others will not know me to my former home returning though my boats are still the old ones as when here i lived aforetime by the shores where swim the poems and the nets are spread as usual now farewell thou room beloved 
thou my room with roof of boarding good it were for me returning that i once again should scrub thee now farewell thou whole beloved thou my hall with floor of boarding good it were for me returning that i once again should scrub thee now farewell thou yard beloved with my lovely mountain ash tree good it were for me returning once again to wander round thee now farewell to all things round me berry-bearing fields and forests and the flower-bearing roadsides and the heaths o'ergrown with heather and the lakes with hundred islands and the depths where swim the poems and the fair hills with the fir-trees and the swampy ground with birch-trees then the smith e'en ilmarinen in the sledge the maiden lifted with his whip he lashed the coursers and he spoke the words which follow now farewell to all the lake shores shores of lakes and slopes of meadows all the pine trees on the hillsides and the tall trees in the fir woods and behind the house the alders and the junipers by well sides in the plains all berry bushes berry bushes stalks of grasses willow bushes stumps of fir trees alder leaves and bark of birch trees thus at length smith ilmarinen forth from pohjola departed with the children farewells singing and they sang the words which follow hither flew a bird of blackness through the wood he speeded swiftly well he knew to lure our duckling and entice from us our berry and he took from us our apple drew the fish from out the water lured her with a little money and enticed her with his silver who will fetch us now the water who will take us to the river now remain the bucket standing and the yoke is idly rattling and the floor unswept remaineth and unswept remains the planking empty now are all the pitchers and the jugs two-handled dirty but the smith e'en ilmarinen with the young girl hastened homeward driving rattling on his journey from the magic coast of poya by the shore of sound of sima on he drove across the sand-hills shingle crashed and sand was shaking swayed the sledge the pathway rattled loudly rang the iron runners and the frame of birch resounded and the curving laths were rattling shaking was the cherry collar and the whiplash whistling loudly and the rings of copper shaking as the noble horse sprang forward as the white front galloped onward drove the smith one day a second driving likewise on the third day with one hand the horse he guided and with one embraced the damsel one foot on the sledge side rested underneath the rug the other quick they sped and fast they journeyed and at length upon the third day just about the time of sunset hove in sight the smith's fair dwelling and they came to ilma's homestead and the smoke in streaks ascended and the smoke rose thickly upward from the house in wreaths arising up amid the clouds ascending end of runo twenty four recording by expatriate in bangor maine